Well, what's up, Mission? How we doing? My name is Mike Hickerson. I'm, uh, uh, honestly, I'm going to be honest. Taylor, uh, you were being a dad and you didn't move the TV. So TD just rescued you wherever you are, Taylor. We're not mad at you um, at all. Maybe a little. I'm just kidding. Um, no, honestly, honored that you're here. Mission is a great place of like people that are trying to figure out how to follow Jesus together. Uh, one thing that happened to me this week, um, yesterday in fact, uh, Jody and I celebrated 23 years of being married. Um, so, yeah. She told me to tell you that she is so grateful that she married me. So, uh, so uh, you can talk to her about that. Uh, no, wait, she writes my messages, so she said, say you're really grateful that you married me. Uh, no, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. No, honestly, mission is a place where we're trying to make it uncomplicated how to follow Jesus. Like, I, I wouldn't know where you've been, where you, what you've been through, or what you're navigating, but man, God is good, and he rescues and saves, and he pursues us, and he sent Jesus into the mess so that we could have a way back to him. So that, that's what the hope is that we have together. In fact, there's a couple things that we believe around here, that there is no perfect people. And so that's, this is a great thing. There's zero perfect people. And I want you to just look at me real quick. Don't look at the person next to you, because you want to. Um, just look at me, and um, I want you to know that the person sitting next to you, don't tell them this, um, but they are not perfect. What? Right, so I know, they don't know it yet, but the person sitting next to you is not perfect. The person sitting next to them, though, is not perfect either. So I, I think it's like he's talking about you. Just go, now you can elbow him like he's talking about you. But there are no perfect people. This is, like, don't do this later when you're arguing about what's wrong with the kids or when you're in the, you know, in the parking lot or whatever. But there are no perfect people, um, but there's a really perfect God who rescues and saves. Uh, like, we, we are not, like, meant to, like, live this out or this view of perfection or this Instagram version of perfection. We are not perfect people, but there's a perfect God who sent his son Jesus into the mess to rescue and save. Man, they're, 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 anyone is welcome, no matter where you've been or what you've been through. Like, if you're just hanging out here on the weekend, that's great. You are welcome here. We're not kicking anybody out. Like, you are welcome because that's what God is like. Uh, but change is possible. We don't stay stuck in the same hurts or habits or hang-ups that we've been in. In fact, um, like God has given us everything that we need to live the life that he's called us to. So God's not like mad at you. He's not against you. He is for you. And he's going, dude, I, or, I've given you everything that you need to live the life that I've called you. I've given you my presence. I, God is like, I've sent you my son. I, I've given you my Holy Spirit that transforms you from the inside out. I've given you my, my word, like the Bible. I've given you this imperfect gathering of people called the church. Literally, you have everything that you need to live the life that God has called you to. In fact, I refer to mission as like Home Depot, like the church. Because I'm honestly, if you need anything fixed, I am not your guy. So I will, I will show up. I'll get lunch. I'll be fun. I, I, if you have an, a tool you need me to get, you can tell me what aisle and specifically the picture of it, I will go get it for you. Like, I'll get anything you need. But what I love about Home Depot is, what do they say? You can do it. <laughs> and we can help you. You know, so, like, I'm, so I'm, like, I'm home, like, Mission is Home Depot for us, like, spiritually. Like, you, God has given you everything that you need to live the unstuck life that he's called you to. You can do it, and we can help you. In fact, and that means that there's hope for every single one of us. That tangible uh, the real, reality that God is who he says he is and will do all that he's promised to do, that he sent Jesus into the mess to rescue and save so that we would have the right to be restored as much as sons and daughters is great news for us moral fallops in the room that also need a little bit of help and hope along the way. 
And so I want this for you. Like, I love this series that we're in where we're talking about someone like you, you know, like where we're just saying, okay, like I know that you may not know that God is who he says he is or we'll do all these promises to do, but we're calling a truce, you know, for an hour on Sunday. But you're like, man, I, I believe what you're saying is true for most everyone else and probably is like theologically and mentally true, but man, you don't know my story. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've done. I'm just telling you, God is not against you. He's not ashamed of you on your worst day. He is for you. And he sent Jesus into the mess to rescue and save someone exactly like you. Not just them that are working their way towards God, but you, where you are in this moment, God is for you. And so we've been in this series where we said like someone like Mary Magdalene, last week's message was amazing. We're talking about Nicodemus, you know, Nick at night tonight. And then we'll talk about the woman at the well next week. We'll talk about Matthew. And so as we're talking about Nicodemus, like, and you may not fit in this category, but he was this like skeptic. He, he knew a lot about God, but came to Jesus at night. He was one of these religious leaders, and you're like, I'm not religious at all. That's all right, but go with me for a second. He was, he was like a, a Pharisee, which would be like the religious elite. He was the most educated. He knew a lot about God. He was actually a part of the Sanhedrin, which you don't, don't worry about. You don't know what that is. It's like the 70 people in Jerusalem or Israel that were like the ruling council. So think our Senate, like, but more power and more moral, moral authority in, in Jerusalem. So he was part of that thing. He was like this elite group. He had a reputation. They weren't real excited that Jesus was around um, because he was like, oh, Jesus was overthrowing all of their power. But uh, Nicodemus had questions about Jesus. And he's like, I think he may be who God is sending. But I can't go public with that belief because I'll get in trouble and my social standing will be in, in trouble. And you may not fit into that category, but so he comes to Jesus at night because he's not ready to go public with his belief in Jesus. And some of us are like navigating that. Like we're showing up at church like I've got sunglasses on because I'm trying not to be seen right now because I'm not a church dude, right? Or I'm not a church guy. It's like, no, I'm showing up and I have some thoughts of maybe that God is who he says he is and that Jesus is who he says he is, but I'm not ready to go public with that belief, but I'm investigating behind the scenes. You know someone like that? You've been someone like that? That's who Nicodemus is. So in this interaction, he's coming at night. He wants this secret meeting because he has questions about Jesus. And it ends up to be one of the most famous interactions in all of history. Like for sure in all of the Bible. This is like the, like John 3.16, like, you know, football games painted on your chest in weird ways. Like this is the interaction like Jesus and Nicodemus are having right here. So I'm going to like give the context and the scope of what's going on in this conversation. Of a doubter and a skeptic that comes to Jesus at night because he's not ready to go public with his faith yet. So let's read it together. Now there was a Pharisee, that's like religious elite. A man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council, so that would be Sanhedrin and be like the Senate, so I've already explained that. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, meaning he already is putting himself, which is crazy to me, he's putting himself like, there's something to who Jesus is. And some of us are walking in like, I don't know how to frame it, but there's something about who God is and who Jesus is that I think is right. I don't know that I'm ready to live that way yet. He says, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs that you are doing if God were not with them. Verse 3. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Verse 4. 
how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus is like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Like, you're confusing to me. Like, how does this all work? Surely they cannot enter a second time into the mother's womb to be born. Kids, ask your mom about that later. So what that means. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised by by my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone that's born of the spirit. And Nicodemus is like, I just, like, I got questions for you and you keep giving me more questions. He's like, how can this be? And then Jesus, I love Jesus because he's a little little playful with Nicodemus here. He says, you're Israel's teacher and you don't understand? Like you're like the moral elite. You know the most about God, the most about the Bible, the most about the Old Testament, and you don't understand what I'm saying? Like he's smiling. Like very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify of what we've seen, but still people do not accept our testimony. And this is what Jesus goes, I have spoken to you of earthly things, like what's going on right here, and you do not believe. How then will I speak on heavenly things and you won't believe me? No one has ever gone to heaven except the one who came from heaven. Jesus is like the son of man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. And then Jesus, like the most famous verse of all time, the most famous part of the conversation. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. You're like, I know, you're like, wow, I know John 3.16, I know nothing else of that conversation. That's great. So one of the things that we wanted to do in this series is set a frame, and we're like, I'm pro-chosen like things, like the chosen like movie or like like television show that is like an adaptation of what is like the New Testament. It's phenomenal. It's three seasons in. There's an end to the story. I don't know if you, if you've read your Bible. There's an end to the story. It's going to be great. Um, like, I, and I'm. It's not like cheesy Christian things. Not that. Christians do cheesy things. Uh, so that's a full disclosure. But The Chosen is phenomenal TV. It's phenomenal to like put some soul and, and heart and flesh to the stories and, the, and what we read in the Bible. And so I thought it would be really helpful to watch this interaction that Jesus has with Nicodemus. It's one of the most famous cl- uh, clips in all of The Chosen. It's one of the most watched clips in all of television history. And it's one of the most famous interactions in all of the Bible. So I thought it would be helpful. So let's check out The Chosen. It's actually on your app as well. So check out the chosen and Jesus Nicodemus. I don't know where to start. I have so many questions. Shall we sit first? Oh, yes, of course. The Eastern slums. Hmm. Many wandering preachers have succeeded in gathering crowds with their rhetoric and fiery tone. I've heard a few of them over the years myself. So you know the type. Mm -hmm. But I have never heard anyone tell a paralytic to get up and walk, much less it actually happened. So what is your conclusion? I believe you are not acting alone. 
No one can do these signs you do without having God in him. Only someone who has come from God. And how is that belief going over in the synagogue? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we are here at this hour. What else? What have you come here to show us? A kingdom. That is what our rulers are worried about. No, not that kind. Then what? A sort of kingdom that a person cannot see unless he is born again. Born again? Yes. You mean like a new creature? A conversion from Gentile to Jewish? No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Then what is born again? I hope you don't mean return to the womb, because that would be a problem for me. My mother, may she rest in peace, is dead. Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That part of you, that, is what must be reborn to new life. How can these things be? Ah, a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things, huh? I'm trying, Rabbi. I know. I know. Do you hear this? What? Listen. What do you hear? The wind. How do you know it's the wind? Because I can feel it. I hear its sound. Do you know where it comes from? No. Do you know where it's going? No. That's what it is to be born again of the Spirit. The Spirit may work in a way that is a mystery to you. And while you cannot see the Spirit, you can recognize his effect. Mind is consumed with thoughts of what a stir these words would cause among the teachers of the law. Yes, and I do not expect otherwise. I speak of what I know and have seen, and it has not been received by the religious leaders. It is hard to receive. So if I have told you of earthly things, and you do not believe, how can I tell you heavenly things? I believe your words. I just fear you may not have a chance to speak many more of them before you are silenced. I have come to do more than speak words, Nicodemus. More miracles? Yes. But even more than that. Do you remember when the children of Israel complained against God and against Moses in the wilderness of Paran? Yes. They wanted to return to Egypt and they cursed the manna that God sent them. And then? They were bitten by serpents. And they were dying. But? But God made a way for them to be healed. Moses lifted the bronze serpent in the desert, and people only needed to look at it. So will the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Our people are not dying from snake bites. They're dying from taxation and oppression. I'm sorry to disappoint you. 
But I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin. From spiritual death. God loves the world in this way. That he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish. But have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Have you ever heard anything like this before? Shh. I love that we got John on the outside of that conversation, writing it all down. So I know that we've seen John 3.16. I know that we probably have heard John 3.16. What I would like to do is like take all that away as best as I possibly could. Take all the baggage, all the history that you have with it, all the things you want for other people with it, and just hear it today, like Nicodemus did. Like, if God is who he says he is, and he sent Jesus into the mess. This is what Jesus is saying to us. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Not just the idea of that, but the promise of that. So if I was like breaking apart John 3.16 real quick for Nicodemus, right? And he's smarter than I am. We'll talk in heaven someday. But I'd be like, man, Jesus' view for someone like you and me. Not just them out there or an idea out there but like for real Jesus's view of John 3:16 for us with Nicodemus would be there is a path that anyone is welcome on so whoever believes in Jesus in him and i don't know where you've been or what you've been through or if you think you're excluded from god but god sent Jesus into the mess for someone like you and them, we'll get there later. But where you live, work, and play, where you sit in your mess on your worst day, God's like, that's my kid. And I sent Jesus for him or her. Before you did anything right, whoever believes in him is the path. John 3.16 would also say, not just the path, there's also the promise of a place for you. This world, for those of us that are following Jesus, is as close to hell as we'll ever get. And you'd be like, dude, I'm living it right now. It is rough. Like the diagnosis, the cancer diagnosis, the rebellion, the pain, all the stuff, the suffering. But you need to know, like this world for the believer is as close to hell as we'll ever get. There is a place and a promise prepared for you and a prize. So we will not perish, but have eternal life. 
John 3.16. Like Jesus' words, this is not like made up, ethereal theory. This is God with skin on saying, I've come to pay the price. So there's a path, there's a place, but there's a price that has to be paid. For this is how God loved the world that he gave his one and only son. I don't know if you know much about magic, the gathering cards. Um, I don't. But I do know that Post Malone paid $2 million for a piece of cardboard for a game. Can he? It's probably 20 bucks for him, but that's fine. But what, what things are worth is what somebody's willing to pay for it. Like, I know you're Zillowing your house all the time in Ventura County. Um, it, it's maybe worth that, but it's really worth what somebody will pay for it. You with me? And I want, I want everyone to just hear me. And I need me to hear me. You are worth what God was willing to pay for you. No matter who you are, or where you've been, or what you think about God, or what you've done, or where you are on your worst day, if you're walking in on your worst day, I would want every, just like Nicodemus, I would want every single one of us to know, you are worth Jesus to God. Before you loved him, before you knew him, before you've been transformed by him, before you've been cleaned up, before you've been set on mission, before things have been restored, like where you are in this moment, you are worth Jesus to God. And he does not regret it. He does not regret you. So there was a path prepared, there was a place prepared, and there was a price that was paid for us. So let me reread John 3.16 with that in mind. For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. John 3.17, the next verse, would say it this way. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And that sounds great in theory. But you're like, dude, you don't know me. Well, I don't know Nicodemus. I, you're right, I don't. I don't. And I don't know you, maybe. Maybe. But I do know Chris. And Chris is one of my friends that was like the most skeptical, crusty, hard on the outside, the none of this is real, I don't buy into any of it type of people. But Jesus has this way <laughs> of getting into the crevices of like, what if it's true? And so I'd love for you to hear Chris's story. Check this out. Hello, my name is Chris, and this is my story. I had a great childhood, um, had great parents. Um, both my parents were Catholic. We went to mass twice a year, maybe, for Easter and Christmas. It was just kind of strange to me as a, as a young kid. 
In my teenage years, um, I, I was put into confirmation, which at the end of the day I got kicked out of. Fast forward to adult life, uh, I, you know, went through the paces, got the career job, thought about me, my career, making money, climbing the corporate ladder. But unbeknownst to me, I was really creating a path of destruction, which I will find out later in life. My wife has been coming to mission since day one. Every time she would go to church on Sunday, I would go hunting or fishing or something that I wanted to do. It wasn't coming to church. Uh, I had no interest in church at the time. Just It just wasn't in me at that point in my life. I had the mindset that I was controlling my life, that I could do anything that I wanted, and thinking, you know, not thinking about all the pains and wounds that I was causing along my way. My life got to the point where my guardian angel convinced me that I need to go to mission, and that guardian angel is my wife, Kelly. I really wasn't open-minded when I first attended mission. Sit in the theater next to my wife and not absorb or not even listen. I thought it was silly, you know, because I never grew up um, in a spiritual household or believing. About two years into me attending mission and serving on the security medical team, um, my dad died. Fast forward two years from when my dad died, my mom died. Uh, I was angry, specifically at God. You know, I was go through ranges of of thoughts from confusion to anger to doubt to skepticism like there was a lot of me if god really exists why did i lose him i didn't have much belief to be honest i was still attending but i was angry i couldn't understand i felt it wasn't fair it really made me think does god exist i there wasn't anything for me to think yeah he he's there for me because he wasn't at this point, I was starting to develop community within Mission, knowing people, and I was invited to a men's group. I attended those meetings for probably three years, not opening up whatsoever. I think I didn't share because I was afraid of judgment. I was fearful of what others might think. I was curious about baptisms and um, the crew around here in Mission kept asking me, hey Chris, when are you getting baptized? I'm like, I don't know. I want it to mean something. I just don't want to get in the tub and get dunked in the water just to say I've been baptized. I really, I wanted it to, I wanted it to be a moment in my life where it meant something. And uh, about five years ago, I was attending uh, the uh, men's retreat at Lake Nassimano. And uh, I usually led a fire pit at our campground. There was a bunch of guys there just pouring their hearts out, being vulnerable. As they were sharing, I felt something that I've never felt, the need to open up and talk. And I did. I testified with a group of guys at the fire pit. And immediately after, there was no judgment. There was no perception. There was understanding. There was support. And I had this overwhelming urge that I knew that was the time for me to get baptized. 
it was all a blur after that. Like we're barefoot walking down the hillside, thorns in our feet, rocks, not feeling anything. It was just a high. It was, it was such a pivotal moment in my life that night and it meant a great deal. You know, looking back now from today into my past, I really think Jesus was chasing me. I just wasn't patient and didn't stop to look or realize he was. My name is Chris, and I'm someone like you. I mean, Chris is a friend, so I feel like I can trash him a little bit. Um, he's about as crusty as it gets, man. On the outside, skeptical, cynic, hard, like, convince me. But on the inside, God was working and pursuing him and transforming him. So that moment was amazing. So what I want for all of us is to have our own John 3.16 moment, not where we think it's a good idea for the world, but we realize that God sent Jesus for us. Now, not only us, because that's narcissistic, all right? So that's weird, so... But God sent Jesus for us, you, as you are. Not as you want to be, not even as you were, but as you are. So if you would help me, I've got, so we're going to have these I've Decided cards. They're in the aisles to the right. And if you're like, I'm out on this, let somebody in the aisle will want this. So just pass this. I want everyone to have a card and a pen if you need it. So if in the aisles, if you could just pass it, and somebody in your row will need this. So even if you don't want it, please help somebody else get it. And what these I've Decided cards and what we're going to do in the next few moments is we're going to, like what it says on the back, it says, I've decided to surrender my life to Jesus, and I want to be baptized on November 19th, which is next week. Game on. Let's go. Or the second box would be like, I've decided to recommit my life to Jesus today. Like some of us have been like following from the distance or following at night and we haven't gone public with our faith in quite a long time. Or some of us have been like, man, I think this is true and I think that God is for me and I wanna go public for the first time. What I love about Nicodemus, just to make it a little bit full circle, is like he was like had a meeting with Jesus at night because he didn't wanna be known to be affiliated with Jesus. But one of the next times we see him is after Jesus is crucified Everyone else is gone and scattered. All of his boys bailed, but not Nicodemus. He's one of the guys that gets him off the cross and helps him get in the tomb, but also is there when the tomb, when he's out of the tomb. I mean, I love that Nicodemus is like throwing all the, the, the shadow and all the secrecy and all the things away of like following Jesus. And he goes and makes sure that everyone knows that he's affiliated with Jesus. So no matter how skeptical, no matter how rebellious, no matter how far you've gone, Jesus is like, there's room for someone like you. Man, I'm begging. You don't have to have it all figured out. Your life doesn't have to be up and to the right. But man, I'm begging you to come out of the shadows of following Jesus and giving him a chance. To be in someone's like, man, I don't have it figured out, but man, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm going to go public with baptism. That's like that spirit and water thing that Jesus was talking about with Nicodemus. 
or maybe I need to come back because I've been wandering for so long. So over the next few moments, the band is going to sing a song. We're all going to sing together. But if this is someone like you, like last service, somebody already had put a thing in the basket, and I said it didn't count until the song was sung. Um, it's a joke. Uh, but it, like for when, the, when the music plays and when you're ready to move, that this is you, you want to recommit or you want to decide for the first time, fill it out. And as we're singing, come up here, and we will cheer like crazy for you because we are so excited what God, what God is doing.